Welcome to Main Street Banking, a podcast for community bankers brought to you by the Barrett School of Banking, located in the heart of banking, blues, and barbecue, Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Byron Earnhardt. I am the program director here at Barrett, and it's my pleasure to welcome you to our corner of the banking world and hope that we can make your bank, your staff, and maybe even your day a better one. Okay, and welcome to uh, Main Street Banking today. Uh, we've got a very, very special guest. Uh, we're going to take a little break uh, as, from our superhero community banking series that we've been doing and returning to another series that I've uh, been wanting to pick back up, and it's our Outside the Vault series. It's a series to refresh you. It's a series that we do uh, where we talk about financial issues and really community issues and how to uh, help people with their money and improve our communities in which we live. And that's a huge part of being a community banker. So along that note, we have a um, very special guest. We have uh, Orlando McKay, who is a the football coach, one of the f- football coaches at Memphis University School, where he coaches football, track, uh, physical physical education, economics, psychology, public speaking, and probably by the end of this, he'll have me failed in in all of those classes. <laughs> and so I'm excited to introduce Orlando. Orlando, welcome to the show, and tell us a little bit more about yourself. Well, thanks, Byron. I appreciate you having me. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here and be able to visit with you uh, for a little while. I've uh, been teaching uh, here in Memphis now for uh, 25 years. I uh, got to Memphis in 1995 as a football player in the Canadian Football League. There was actually a team in Memphis for a short while, and things didn't work out, and so I decided to stay and uh, have, have lived in Memphis and have absolutely loved and have been, at, at, like I said, at the school Uh, for 25 years, uh, doing a lot of different things. I like to say I'm a jack of all trades, master of none, but uh, really enjoy being in the school. I love the values and what the school stands for. My own three sons have come through there, and I've got one that's a senior now. It's finishing up, and so uh, it's just just been a great ride, and I love Memphis, Tennessee. Can't imagine living anywhere else. I'm from Arizona originally, but Memphis is my home now. Great. Well, Memphis is glad to have you, uh, you know, especially I know the program at MUS – Y'all, y'all constantly uh, do quite well, I'll say. Y'all, y'all, y'all put some big names up there. That's, that's, that's great to see. Um, so we, we got together because in the local paper, in the Daily Memphian, uh, there was a really great article about you, and I'm going to put a link to it in the show notes, where you talk about adding personal finance as part of your curriculum and sort of the, um, the, the experiences that you've had with that personally as well as with your students. So what inspired you to take up personal finance as part of your uh, curriculum in school? Okay, yeah. We've always had uh... – economics at our school, but normally it's just been focusing on basic macro and micro concepts, supply and demand curves and things like that. And I've always kind of kind of had a thing for the personal finance aspect of it. And for me personally, it was about uh, almost 10 years ago now that I had, had gone through a very uh, difficult event in my life and it kind of changed some things in my thinking. And I decided I wanted to, to change my own life. And I'd gone through a very painful divorce and found myself in financial ruin, essentially, uh, after that and found that uh, I needed to do something. I had gone through the Dave Ramsey uh, seminar. Most people know the guru, Dave Ramsey, financial guru. But I had never really taken it to heart. You know, I'd seen Dave's numbers. I'd seen him put the stuff up on the screen. The Ben and Arthur example that we all know about where 
the two guys invest and one does it early and one does it later. And the one that did it early has an incredible amount of money. I had seen all that and understood it at a head level, but didn't really understand it at a heart level. And I just decided one day that, hey, I'm going to change everything. I'm just going to flip the script. I'm going to stop borrowing money like I do. I'm going to stop using my credit cards like I've been doing and buying cars and, and buying everything. And I, I made a commitment for me personally and said, I will never borrow money again. And in the last eight years, I have stayed true to that and I've not brought any money. And it, it transformed my life. And those numbers that Dave puts up, they are real because I've actually run all my numbers on my retirement accounts and the amount of money I'm contributing. And it's happening just like uh, it's supposed to. I will be a millionaire. It's going to be at around, right now I'm on pace for about age 64 and a half which is okay, but it, this could have happened a lot earlier. Had I started in my 20s, I would be a millionaire right now, and I'd probably be talking to you from the Bahamas with a little drink with the umbrella in it. Instead, I'm still working, but that's okay. But for me, it, it became so personal that I said, hey, we've got to do something here at the school. We've got to start teaching these kids so that when they're young, they can do it at 18 instead of waiting till they're in their 40s like I did. And I've gotten so passionate about it and just loved the experience of teaching young people uh, how to win with money. Mm. And I think right there, it's, it's evident the, the passion that you had for that. And I can already hear our, our listeners, uh, bankers say, wait a minute, this is a banking podcast. Yeah. Why are we talking about David? Yes, exactly. We are talking about how to work with people in managing money, which is the banker's role. We're not going to discuss, we're not going to talk about the, the Lindy part, but we have to mention the people and meeting them where they are and getting to students younger to instill financial management skills yeah. in their lives. And for listeners of this show, you'll know, this is a harsh, this is a harsh phrase for, to say, but I almost feel like bankers have a moral imperative to get out there and talk to their communities about financial literacy. Absolutely. And, that's why I, our listeners, I hope you're seeing why we have Orlando in an Outside the Vault series because he's doing it and he's changing lives and he's going to tell you more about that. Uh, in, our pre, in our pre-show discussions that we had when we reached out to, you had mentioned a, a, an alum of MUS, uh, Philip Blackett, who works with schools all over the country. Uh, where else is this type of programming uh, being taught? Yes, uh, Philip, Philip, I know, is on the East Coast, uh, Massachusetts, I believe. He's already sponsored 10 schools uh, out there, and it's, it's, it's a fairly substantial outlay uh, financially that you have to do in order to do these sponsorships with the Dave Ramsey uh, Corporation. And so he's changing a lot of people out there, and he wanted to start back with his alma mater as well. And so he's purchased a program for our school, and he's planning on several schools in Memphis. I think he's looking at a lot of inner-city schools to try to really – help those young people understand. Because I think in the end, and I think uh, every person that runs a financial institution is going to say, we don't want people over leveraging themselves. You know, I think people, uh, uh, you know, obviously people are going to get loans for mortgages and, and things like that. And I get that, but people tend to over leverage themselves and nobody wants to see that, you know, people start filing bankruptcy and now the banks aren't going to get paid. And so uh, we all, I think have, have a, uh, uh, a say in that or, or a desire to see young people manage money well. And although I'm a no debt guy, no question about it, uh, it's important to make sure that everybody, no matter who you are, understands 
not over leveraging yourself. And I think that's what Philip understands. And he wanted to have young people understand it because I know he had had a tough ride where he was in a very difficult situation financially. And he kind of came out the other side and learned how to manage his money, how to live on a budget. You know, I think that's what's important is teaching people how to live on a budget. And so I know Philip plans on purchasing the program uh, in more areas in Memphis. And really, to me, that's one of the best ways to get involved. I love the Dave Ramsey stuff. I'm sure there's other programs out there, but Dave's done a really good job. And I'm not doing a commercial for Dave. I just know that I've been involved in the program for a while. And he's done a really good job of putting the materials in a succinct way that young people can understand. And so that's an easy way for people to get involved is read one of his books. I personally listened to his podcast and I did that for years and I learned everything about personal financial management by listening every day. I can tell you more about whole life versus term life than I ever thought I would know. And I, I'm not an insurance guy, but I listen to the show enough and you start to, to memorize the stuff. Right there. You know, I, I wish, that, you know, not every customer that we have, A, we can't lend money to every customer. Right. That Because as, as you and I were talking about, I thought that was a really interesting engagement that you and I had in the pre-show was, you know, talking about, you know, our debt to income limits that, you know, they're, the over leveraging. And if you start comparing it, there's a lot of similarities. Absolutely. We don't talk about it. But there's a lot <laughs> of similarities there that when we think about, especially how to manage that mortgage debt. And I mean, we can't, there, there are debt to income limits as to as to term, as far as what we what we can write so that we don't over leverage. Now, unfortunately, not every industry has every industry. I mean, has bad apples, and sometimes we Absolutely. forget those. That said, um, I think it's important to see the impact that uh, you and Philip, the, the getting into and the passion that you have for getting into our community. You mentioned the inner cities of Memphis. In a previous Outside the Vault series, we worked uh, with Trezvant School with their, uh, with their bank that they have, uh, that Regions Bank has put into, their, uh, put into their school, and they're teaching banking and ac- macroeconomic principles in Trezvant um, through their, uh, through this, Really, and it's, a, it's not a fully functional branch, but it is a real branch with real money teaching kids how to save. Uh, you know, getting into the inner cities, getting into poor, poor areas, lower income areas like where I live, getting in there, huge if you want to change the culture and change the, con- the, the conversation. And whatever brand of curriculum you want to put in there, just do something. And that's what I'm really <laughs> passionate about in, in seeing you and, and having you as a guest. Um, yeah, and Byron, you just said it. You literally just said it. Let's change the conversation. Because to me, sometimes in the inner city or poor neighborhoods, and I'm not talking about based on race. I'm talking about based on socioeconomic right. status. Right. You go into a poor neighborhood and people talk about not being able to win. Can't mm-hmm. win with money here. The system is rigged. We can't do this. We can't do that. We can't do that. What I teach is I can take a, someone who works at McDonald's. Working at McDonald's, after a couple of years, you become a manager. If you'll stay there, you're going to become a manager. You're going to average about 42 k a year. I show people how to take that 42 k and turn it into $1.4 million by retirement. So if someone tells me I can't win because I live here or I live there, Go to McDonald's or go to the post office. There's always work at the post office. They're always hiring. And you will make enough money to retire as a millionaire, but we've got to teach these kids how to manage their money. And so many young people, no matter what neighborhood they're from, don't understand how money works, and they don't understand that they can win. I want that narrative changed. I've been told since I was young, you can't win with money. You can't win. You can't do this. You can't do that. I've learned you can. You absolutely, I'm a high school teacher. And I'm going to be a millionaire. It makes no sense when you say it like right. that. 
our high school teachers millionaires. They don't make enough money. Right. Well, it's not how much money you make, it's how much money you save. And mm. so that's going to be important. And, and there's just so many different vehicles too. You know, when, when I, when I think about uh, bankers, I mean, bankers don't just loan money. I mean, there's a lot of investment products right. that they have as well that people don't talk about a lot. So it's like, you know, we're not going to demonize the banks because there's a lot they can do to help us. So. Right. And, and I think about every banker, <clears throat> excuse me, every banker that I've known, we all know, um, I mean, good for the bankers that are listening, how many savings accounts or checking accounts for college students have we, have we opened? And uh, this, the computer is always down, the printer is always jammed. And so you're sitting, there, you're sitting there talking to them, trying to make conversation. What sure. an excellent, what an excellent, and I used to teach my bankers that worked for me. This is like, that's a great opportunity to, to, to find out more, per, get more. That is a great opportunity right there to start teaching and instilling some of those, uh, instilling some of those money management tips. And if we want to put it into a banking management, I hate to say sales, but in relationship management right. concept, Start becoming the bank of choice and start changing that conversation, even on that, that, that brand new college student that doesn't know their head from a hole in the ground. You're from Memphis. We're from the South. We can use expressions like that. <laughs> doesn't know their head from the hole in the ground. Here's a chance right. for us to really change that. And then getting out there, doing that CRA work and getting out mm-hmm. there and working with, with students. You and I both, we could go on forever on this. Absolutely. Very, very, very passionate. fired up about this kind of talk. Yes, indeed. Um, I, I think one of the um, greatest measure of any curriculum that, that either we put in banking, school, anything, is the impact that it has on our students. How is the impact, how is the program that you're teaching impacted some of your students? It's, it's been incredible. It's so funny that, that, you know, I knew we were going to be talking about this stuff today. Last night I got a phone call. It's just amazing that it would have turned out that way. Last night I get a phone call from a young man who just graduated from the school. Who's at at, uh, college in Florida. Now, great young kid played football for me. His first name's Cody. Cody calls me up and he's like, coach, coach McKay, I, I need to be a millionaire. I need to, I want to do the stuff you taught us, but I, I don't know where to start. What do I need to do? And I am obviously not a certified financial planner, so I'm not going to give true financial advice. I just, right. I, I'll tell people what I've done. Mm-hmm. So you can look at what I've done and then you can go from there and find somebody to help you with it if you need it. But here's what I've done. And so I started breaking it down for him. And it was just so odd to me that he, you know, that he kind of called out of the blue. I was not expecting that phone call from him, I saw the, the caller ID and I went, I want to tell me about how football thing's going. He's like, no, I'm going to talk money. And I get these calls. I've had four in the last probably two months of mm. former students that took my class. One of them is old enough now to get a Roth IRA. He's got W-2 income now and he can go ahead and, and get his Roth going. He was like, how do I do that? What's going to happen with this? And so I started kind of telling him what I knew about it. And it's just amazing. I kind of kid with my students. I tell them I'm a doctor. I'm on call all the time. So you can call me anytime to talk money because, you know, it, it can be one o'clock in the morning. I won't be fired up because we're talking about money because I get fired up about it and teaching these kids. And it's been so satisfying to see multiple kids come back. Another one's at the Naval Academy. Just fin- I think he just finished now. He was able to start his Roth IRA when he was 18 because he was working in the summers. And so he had contacted me not that long ago, said, started giving me numbers, said, coach, I'm doing great. I'm well on my way. I should be at a million bucks by age 45, 46 years old. And I was just like, this is incredible. It's really changing people's lives. And I don't take the credit 
because I'm using, I'm stealing from someone else. You know, they say good artists copy, great artists steal. Exactly. I'm stealing from Dave, and Dave stole from other guys that he learned from. You know, it just, it's great material and great information to pass down to young people because you and I both know the earlier you start, the better you're going to do. And, and, you know, I tell the kids, you're going to change your family tree. Mm-hmm. You're going to have buildings named after you and things like that, and it's, it's going to be great. And, and when that happens, we all win. If we can get a bunch more Warren Buffetts, we're all going to win. I mean, everybody's going to do great, no matter what industry you're in. And so, so that's been really gratifying is to have kids come back and have parents talk to me during Parents' Day. It's always kind of funny. Uh, you know, it, it, this won't sound good on credit cards, but I always have parents come in and say, so you're the teacher that told me I got to get rid of all my credit cards. And I was like, well, where'd you do that? My son keeps talking about it over and over. And it's really funny to watch the brand. They like it. They still keep their credit card, but they, they like that there's somebody at least out there telling their kids, don't go crank up 25000 in debt while you're still in college like a lot of people do, uh, you know, on a credit card when they have no income. And so it's been really gratifying to listen to students and parents, former students, current parents, uh, talk to me about the way they feel like it's impacting their sons. And I think you hit the nail on the head there perfectly, Orlando. I mean, I think even from a banker's perspective, I mean, I, and I view myself as a lender. And yes. I, I think, <clears throat> I don't think anybody that I know wants to see some of the, we, we all had the horror stories, no right. matter which, no matter which side of the, the discussion we want to come down on at the end of the day, the, um, the, 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 the main issue that you and I are agreeing on here, nobody wants to see an 18-year-old, 19-year-old kid rack up $25,000 in credit card debt. Good luck plus or student loan debt, which you right. discuss, you know, all these other things that add up, the cards, you, you go that route, you go that, down, that, down that route, that's hard to pull yourself out of and Absolutely. With money. And from our side, I can't bank them. And if they're the next Mark Zuckerberg or if they just want to own a a, a restaurant here in town or whatever, I can't bank them. I can't help them start their job, even if if they want to come to me through that. So getting young, getting in there, becoming passionate about financial education. And I hope the bankers are hearing what you're saying because you're a lot smarter than some CFPs I know, by the way. But you're um, (laughs) – (laughs) <laughs> but I, I did, uh, I hope you're hearing that, that there is room in the conversations that we have with our customers at the bank, even at just the most rudimentary deposit level, small dollar deposit level, there's room in the conversation for us saying verbatim exactly what you're saying to them. Mm-hmm. And that's what I, that's, that, if that starts to germinate and we can get into the schools and do that then we can really start changing the conversation. And and you'll really develop trust. That's the big thing. I think the reason why the kids listen to me is they trust me as a, as a resource for this kind of thing. And so uh, the younger you get them and start talking about money, something that no one really talks to them about. Most of my students admit their parents don't really talk to them about money in that way. They just give it to them when they need it or, Mm -hmm. or the kid maybe has to do some work for it, but there's not this discussion of here's how you spend. Here's how you save. Here's how you give. These are things that kids aren't naturally taught. We as parents, it's tough for us. You know, we're trying to manage our own lives. And so down with your son or your daughter and say, hey, here's how to write out a budget. Here's how to give every dollar a name and every dollar an assignment. And I think that's what not just bankers, but all of us need to know. We've got to show young kids how to live on a budget because they don't understand it. They, They have no concept. And to me, people always ask me, what's the single biggest thing? in your concept of personal financial management budget 
it's all budget. Can you create a budget that actually balances and it should zero? Kids don't think it should zero. They think, oh, then I got a hundred bucks left over at the end of the month. I don't, I don't ever have a hundred bucks left over. Every dollar has a name and an assignment. If there is a hundred sitting there, it's been moved either to my retirement account or maybe there's more in my kid's medical fund. Maybe there's more in the dental fund or more in the car replacement fund. Every single dollar has a name and an assignment. The budget is on paper, on purpose every month. That's the message we got to get out to the young people. We can all get that message out to them. So, how do, so Orlando, the last question I had for you, I mean, perfect segue is, you know, these bankers that are listening, how can we get out there in our communities and start a program like that? How, how do we, how, all right, we, we, we how do we do that? How do we get started? Where do we, where do we go? Yeah. If we're in a small town. How do we go about yep. uh, getting involved like that? Yep. Absolutely. I'd say contact the high schools because even I'm, I'm sometimes looking for speakers to come in and every now and then we'll grab either a certified financial plan or somebody, somebody's dad maybe is in banking mm-hmm. or something like that and come into the school for a session. You know, maybe it's an assembly, maybe it's a, a being a guest speaker in economics class and you can talk really about anything. It doesn't just have to be about that. I, you know, I really actually like to bring some of my class to talk about banking in general because it, it's a hard subject to talk about some of the, some of the minutiae and some of the details I'm not very good at it. And so I just give them. I got news for you. So a lot of people aren't, man. It's, it's a hard subject. Don't worry. No, no, no shame in that, buddy. No, it is. <laughs> but, but see, to me, that, that's the way. Because uh, almost every economics teacher needs a break. <laughs> for a day. We need a speaker to come in from outside in the community right. so that the kids can say, hey, here's a real life banker. And, you know, they'll, and they will come with questions. Like they'll come with questions that you probably can't answer because it'll be outside your field because they just want to know everything when somebody starts talking about that stuff. Mm-hmm. But it, they'll light up. And so to me, that's the best way in is to try to get into the high schools. And then the other part, you've already mentioned it, you know, when you're in a, on a phone call and you can start, you know, kind of having a little conversation and things like that. I think that budgeting thing is big. You start trying to teach young people how to budget and, and they, they will really start to trust you because then, Oh, you're showing me how I can take care of my money. You're not just showing me how to, how to spend it necessarily, you know, or that I should go buy this or buy that. You're telling me, here's how I can manage my money better so that I can buy even more things and have more money to do that. Cause most of the time we throw a lot of our money away. We have no idea where it goes. Yes, I, I think every every person that's ever worked at a bank desk at a, a customer service rep or financial service rep, think about those overdrafts you have to approve every day. Yes. Look at every one of them are going, amen, I hear you. <laughs> and the budgeting thing, I just thought of this, Orlando. I mean, the budgeting thing, we do it with our small business owners. We do it. Yeah. We're in the middle of teaching our ag lending. Uh, for for uh, big for, for farmers work underwriting ag loans, we work on the budgets. We work on we compare we we go month by month and we compare the budgets to see what the big variances are. We do it for our big farmers. It's not an unknown concept. That's right. We all need to do it. That's we right. We all need Absolutely. to do it. And, and so I think getting out in the community to say nothing of the CRA credit, to say nothing of the community involvement that uh, we're, we're supposed to do uh, by regulatory. If you want to get out there and change your communities for the better, encouraging small, you know, take, take that kid that, that you're talking about that, you know, that, that's going, playing football, mm-hmm. going to go forward. At some point, the helmet and the pads go up. That's right. No matter what level. What's he going to do if he wants to start a small business? Well, now, you know, we can help go ahead and build that trust. 
think of that kid. Think of all the people that you, that you deal with on a daily basis that, um, you know, just a little bit of time because they view us. And, and I hear what you're saying. I'm, I, I'm not a CFP either. Um, I, I, I have to qualify all my advice. But at the same time, our customers look at us and your, your players look at you they as, do. The, as the expert. Regardless they of what initials we've got. That's right. Yeah, regardless of what initials we've got. Um, That's right. They're they're coming to you to ask and, and, and do the right thing, take them to the right people that have the right qualifications. But you're still the point of contact, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So, well, Orlando, I'm, I'm, my, my heart's racing. I probably need to either quit <laughs> coffee or wrap the episode up, man. So, uh, I, I really appreciate your time, buddy. I, um, I know it was kind of a out of the blue uh, email to get a banking school contacting you about this, and I appreciate <laughs> you. Uh, I pre- it was a little bit of a, it was a, I appreciate you sitting down and talking with me, man. I, well, I, it's been I, my pleasure. Bring you back. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Listen, I've enjoyed it. You know, we had our pre-show discussions. I really enjoyed that with you and Chris. And yeah. I'd love to come back anytime because I just have a blast talking. Because you and I can talk all day about this stuff, you know. It's I just, got a feeling when, we hit, when I hit stop here in a minute, it's going to keep on going. Is what I'm <laughs> We're probably going to have to set up part two. But no, anyway, from the bottom of my heart, Orlando, thank you very much. I appreciate your willingness to do something new, try something new, and, Absolutely. Uh, and beat us with on this. It was really great. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. Appreciate it very much. Well, that's our episode for today. We hope you've enjoyed yourself and learned a little something. If you haven't already, please feel free to subscribe to our podcast and drop us a five-star rating. You can follow us at Barrett Banking on Twitter or Barrett School of Banking on Facebook and LinkedIn. And we even have a new Community Banking Road Trip playlist on Spotify highlighting your favorite songs about your home state. Check that out and feel free to submit your favorite song about your state to add to the playlist. We have an ever-growing slate of classes, seminars, and webinars that are available, and not to mention our industry-recognized Graduate School of Banking every May, and we look forward to seeing you at any or all of our events. For more information, check out our website at barrett.ws. And from Memphis, the heart of banking, blues, and barbecue, we'll see y'all next time on Main Street Banking.